0: Too hard last night.
1: Is on the fuck over.
2: Welcome back to
0: the Keen Lake Podcast, the premier Whiskey podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title. Hi, this is Jake Hookie, coming live from my basement in the beautiful neighborhood of Lake Viewy, Chicago. Chicago, Chicago. I am the host of this whiskey podcast, that we talk about whiskey and all such things. And today, I am joined by two lovely gentlemen sitting on two lovely couches next to me. We all have our separate couches. Actually, only Callum O'Donnell has a separate couch. He needs one today. He does. And also with me is Wilson <laughs> Ramon
1: Torres. Hey, young world.
0: Callum's going to need that couch to lie down on, collect his thoughts, may even maybe even reflect back on his childhood, his upbringing, and why today has turned into, the I guess, the inside of his mind, the inside of his head, looks like how it is outside today with fog,
3: rain, and darkness. Yeah, uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a big one. It was some parties yesterday, so... I was invited out to join the, the roving, droving masses Goodness. of Bernard Ricard. The Shannon Rovers, the band. As we went from bar to bar, just basically smashing Jameson shots. You
0: know, oh. it's, it's funny just because disgusting.
3: Um, disgusting.
0: <laughs> nearly a year to the day, on March 16th, 2020, I, too, was going from bar to bar to bar. But in a different way, not in celebration, but in a way of to say goodbye. Almost in morning. Yes, morning. But, more, morning would be. A I wouldn't say goodbye. Just like more like see. Well, you, see a you later. A, a see oh, well, we thought it would be a see you
3: later.
1: Well, yeah, we thought,
3: <laughs> we thought it was going to be a see in two weeks.
0: Yeah, see in a couple,
1: weeks. couple two three weeks. But, yeah. Uh
0: once the word came out, the um, I believe it was the weekend of St. Patty's Day, so like March 13th or 14th, mm-hmm. when. We were told there was going to be a two-week shutdown of bars and restaurants and other non-essential businesses here in Chicago. I immediately took to the streets to go see some of my favorite accounts as a brand representative and also some of my favorite bars to say, uh, put a little money into our friends' pockets before they were going to shut down and postpone their businesses for a couple weeks. Can you
3: believe that it was a year ago?
0: Well, I'm about to get into that. Can I finish? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Thanks Why don't you just lay down there Take a seat I am So ready. I believe I had lunch At Six that afternoon Ooh, Rob Boyd Rob Boyd Oh legend I invited him to go to Australia That day To come <laughs> see to the distillery And now he no longer Works at Six. So Rob if you're listening That invitation still stands Shout out He's to Rob He's in Texas right He's in Texas Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> Actually, I need to send him a little package. So, Rob, if you're listening, send me your address as well. But <laughs> I had lunch that afternoon at Do Six. I believe I went up to Bitter Pops and uh, grabbed some beers to make sure we were taken care of for the, you know, the extended period of time that these places would not be open, although they did stay open. And then that evening, I went and had dinner at Fountainhead and was talking with Bob and the staff there and it was it was it was very somber. Uh, I can't remember if either of you two were with me. I, I was I know Brittany. No, I know I Brittany was. okay, okay. And my anticipation was okay, the bars are gonna be packed tonight because it's the last hurrah for two weeks. People are gonna go out and support them. But as I turned up to a couple places, it was quite dismal, quite quiet and it was already, they were already implementing behaviors that, if that we're doing now a year later in the pandemic of wiping down seats and having hand sanitizer everywhere, when just the weekend be- just the weekend before none of this existed in our bars and rightfully so because yeah. we weren't going through a pandemic. Yeah. So we had lunch at we had dinner at Fountainhead. I was planning on making one more stop because the bars were closing at 9 p.m. that night and then not opening for another two weeks. Just down the street is Beguile Brewing, where we started this podcast off at, and I wanted to make down there have a make sure I could have a pop with the people before look at people there before they close their doors, and it was about eight fifteen, and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm getting a little antsy. I need to get out of here. The streets are very quiet, and that's it's, that's it's kind of scaring me in a way about yeah, e eerie,
3: eerie, deathly quiet right in Chicago. And I posted
0: so a picture just, yeah. just today on our Instagram stories. This is Thursday, March eighteenth, that I, I posted the picture of just an empty line uh, on the brown line um, with the tracks empty, no one in sight, just just empty. The city just felt empty. Even the trash cans felt empty, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I, it's about a five-minute walk down to Beguile from Fountainhead, and I actually sprinted down there. Brittany took the train home, and I'm like, I have to, I have to go have one more beer before the night ends. Yeah. And I get there, and all of a sudden the, the lights are off, and the doors are locked, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I missed them. But then in the window I see chelsea and uh, a couple other people still working there and having a drink and i'm knocking on the window but they couldn't see who it was and they're like oh we're closed we're closed we're closed and i'm like <laughs> waving my hands and like i think my hat off and they're like oh it's jake so they let me in fortunately and then we stayed and listened to emo punk rock music from about 2002 to 2011 drank some beer sang along and then said good night uh and that's how, basically, the pandemic, the, qu- the quarantine began for me was going to our few, favorite, some of my favorite establishments and saying one last cheers, which we thought was for two weeks, that ended up being for multiple months. And yeah. it was a very sad set of circumstances that our friends started losing their jobs, their place of work, part of their identity, um, money, income. And then, unfortunately, as we saw with places like Fountainhead, the business and whole. You know, looking back... Oh, by the way, today we're talking about the last year—the of the pandemic.
3: <laughs> looking, looking back, you know, and obviously, I, th- I said already, I can't believe it's been a year, but I, th- I really feel like I really feel like it, it hasn't been a year in some senses, like because we did nothing. Right. There was so much of quarantine spent where we were like trying to figure this out as brands, mm-hmm. trying to figure this out, you know, while being professional about it, you know, to try like having to everybody you know at the start there was there was probably a couple of months of like it was like every big brand was doing this sort of virtual signaling you Mm -hmm. know where they virtue signaling where they were like saying all this stuff and there were all these campaigns coming out and they were they were a lot of them were met with a lot of criticism you know um but then looking back now even even the other day there i was watching the tv i was watching a show on netflix and they were in a bar and no one had a mask on the on the on the show Mm-hmm. And it looked weird to me. Do you know what I mean? That's the stage I've got to. Are, are you being Are you being genuine with that? I, people say it that all look, the time, did and did I'm, like, I'm I, like,
0: that has no effect. I, I'm like, say what? No. So people have been talking about. People started talking about it like two weeks into the quarantine, how they'd watch TV shows from you know that were made years ago, or even just two weeks before that, where people don't have masks on in social interactions, and like it weirds me out. I'm like, it's, does it's, it really weird you not, out?
3: It's not that it weirds me out, but it's just it was it was kind of weird to see no one in a mask and and then yeah, like I I, i'm sorry nostal- I, I almost got nostalgic yeah, <laughs> i was like oh weird. i remember the good old days <laughs> right
0: no I, I i i do believe it now a year later but people are saying that like a month and like less than a month into the quarantine yeah. like it hasn't been that long let's calm down and if it's anything new like obviously that was shot like a year ago or six months ago at the very least um i you know like you said virtue signaling online yeah. but it was interesting to see how so many big brands um ones that we are connected to in some sorts uh, loosely affiliated with started donating millions of dollars to bartenders and to restaurants to make sure they could stay alive because immediately as uh, things shut down and people started applying for help government aid we saw what was happening basically with These large restaurants that qualified as chains qualified as small businesses because it was based on per capita of the individual restaurants instead of the entire business itself and people were getting screwed out of it and we knew the friends their businesses they didn't actually even collect money until like the late summer early fall so here's the thing
3: here's a question yeah compared to california because i was speaking to uh, my friend josh from california last Mm -hmm. night and he was saying that... Was uh, this before or after the Jameson That's, shots? Yeah, I was going to Oh, he was there that. for all of them. Mm. Uh, he, he is also feeling, he's also feeling a little bit rough this morning. Mm. Um, um, but, it's, it's the evening now. <laughs> um, it feels like the morning for me. Uh, he, so he was saying that at the end of March, coming to the end of March, they passed the legislation in California
1: that they could do takeout cocktails. But it wasn't, that fast year, was it? Well, Wilson was a big part of that. Actually, yeah, that we didn't get that fi- that state approval until June,
0: and then it took another then two it, or three it weeks took for the past. weeks
1: for it to really to take, ho- you know, like for Chicago to really because jo- yeah. the weirdest thing about the state of Illinois, well, not the state of <laughs> Illinois but the city of Chicago is the yeah. fact that you know Pritzker passed all these things to help everyone out, yeah, but the city of Chicago as a municipality just can go against the grain and be like, Yeah, that's cool to know but we're going to hold off or we're going to do it differently. Mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, because Pritzker said as soon as it comes yeah, onto my desk I'll pass correct, it right which away. which he did. He did. Regretfully. And I think that was even in May you might have signed yeah. it? Yeah, and it didn't take effect here until June. You know, so it was slow rolling here which is what prompted all the restaurateurs and bar owners and just the industry in general to roll their hands up and, and, and cry out even lo- you know, louder. Mm-hmm. You know, so... One of the things I wondered when it all started, and we all did our what we could financially and and verbally to support what was going on. I I wondered about how long we would be able to sustain that. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I remember thinking that. Well, I think you quickly even as individuals, like I can only give so much. Yes. Financially. Right. Verbally, we have. All the platforms, all of us have the same, you mm-hmm. know, access to the platforms, yeah. you know, depending on if the brand allows you to speak on their behalf or not. You know, Callum, you being with Pinoa and, and us being independent with ours. Jay, you know, Slightly independent. Slightly, yeah, <laughs> sure. But, you know, it's one of the things like how long can we sustain mm-hmm. yeah. this? And then everything else start trickling in. The BLM certain... movement, mm-hmm. the riot, and just yeah. so many other political side of things, and then there's the injustices, and then, you know, uh, it, it, so many things happened on top of that. Yeah, and I think we should focus on... Um, but the specific... The, yeah, the, the well, indiv- spe- individual... Specificity of the, uh, of the industry, yeah. Yeah,
0: well, no, no, that too, but I think it's individual um, yeah. periods. So, like, let's start off at the very beginning of it all. Like you said, I was a part of some... Some pretty cool virtual um, online classes and cocktail hour things that people are calling them. But these, uh, I guess, influencers, if you want to call them that, they were charging like $250, $300 for the brand to participate, where half the money was going to um, a charity relief for bartenders and restaurant owners. But then the other part of it, they were pocketing jesus
2: you know or it was going towards it was going
0: towards you know putting the show together because they're doing it multiple times a night like six days a week so i understand like they're putting a lot of effort into it um but i did it once or twice and it was really cool and the experience i think was worth it but at the same time the sustainability of like how many brands can keep putting this much money into an hour of experience And you're really not going to make any sales out of it. The, the, when the whole thing was really built around tipping the bartender through their Venmo, essentially. And I know some bartenders that made like two, $300 from tips during those. Yeah. That, that's great. That's what it should be there for. Be there. But this is also, I'm talking about like the, fir, the first month of the pandemic where we thought, okay, this can't last that Forever, that yeah. much longer. And it, was, it really seemed to be going that direction um, as we kind of were getting towards the end of May, certain – other states started opening up here in Chicago, the conversation was beginning about um, opening things up outdoors and having the, the outdoor experience and just moving everything from, um, you know, behind the bar and all that to the sidewalk into the streets. And obviously we took care of that, but it was, it, you know, with the black lives matter movement too, that was a big part of it. It, it really, it, it really, I think uh, you know, people, no one talks about how people were, thousands of people were outside banded together um, during a pandemic and, Yelling and chanting for a good cause, a great cause, and I was out there too. Um, but how that had a negative effect, I guess, on the overall uh, case numbers.
1: Well, I think it's it's more about how they were looked at as separate separate things mm. because they didn't they happened. One after the other. And I will say the here se- in Chicago... The, su- the sequence of it.
0: Yeah. I would say here I'm in saying. Chicago, the ones I was at, people were pretty messed up. I think I said like 95% of people I saw were, or either had a mask on or like on around their neck or something. So yeah. they were cognizant of that, but it, it doesn't make you wonder that slow things down for like restaurants and bars to open because I... Literally saw it in my neighborhood, people going outside, standing in front of their bar, their bars and restaurants all night to make sure nothing happened to them yeah. because of the destructiveness that followed the Black Lives Matter protest, right. not the protests themselves, but the... Just uh, the, the, overall, yeah. Yeah.
1: the overall effect that it took on the more places. So, yeah, the intensity. You of, felt it. I mean, you really you felt really it. You really did feel it in the air. You right. felt that tension. Mm-hmm. You saw it. You felt it. You can even smell it. Mm-hmm. depending on where you were at because oh, it was yeah. just I know what you, mean. you know so it's it's one of those things where it took away from uh, just so many things happened and, and it happened you know so so fast mm-hmm. and they escalated so fast problem was while this was happening you still had that fight going like yeah. those talks were still going on like how do we how do we handle this how do we how has this industry hospitality and you know and, and beverage how do we move forward from this and one thing that I noticed is when we reopened
2: mm-hmm.
1: we reopened under the same business model that we were operating before when we should have yeah we took different approaches but we threw we layered that on top of what we did before and how well what what worked for us let's let's focus on that what do you uh, can you give an example of what yeah you so let's let's call it um, cocktails to go Yeah, Um, something that never thought about. You know, nothing that really came about. No one even did before. All of a sudden, becomes the thing because now it's legal. Now it's not. It's only legal until it's only good for a year. So we don't know if that's going to be the end of twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Okay. So that was a new thing. Problem is, you know, we no one was really set up for that.
0: Right, and you then know, we all started buying
1: it, all, um, all the know, supplies at the same time, and no, could and no one can get their hands on it. No one can get their hands on it. You know, so it was, we all had the same idea. It's like new revenue. Problem is, we thought we were going to be able to sell the twenty dollars you know, cocktails <laughs> in 100 ml bottles. But no, that's, that's, that's going to be, that $20 cocktail is not $25 cocktail. Yeah. You know, so on and so forth. So.
0: And there are safety issues like, well, how yeah. do we sell them as people that aren't just like Correct. taking them out the yeah. door, popping it open and drinking on and the street? But
1: I mean, are you going to go and. Because that was happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Chicago, man. It's always <laughs> yeah. going to happen. Yeah. yeah. But, but, and then that's another, that's another reason why I, probably, why it took so long. Yeah. yeah. Could, you know, because like, well, we can't have people popping, popping in the street. I'm like, well, let me tell you something they're going to do it. If it, once that leaves, you're yeah, you don't have that liability.
0: You shouldn't. You know? I mean, you can't control you, it. You,
1: sh- you can't control it unless they pop in it within your your well, premises. No, you know?
0: I I would say there was one day this it was actually the Sunday before we it became legalized to have cocktails to go. I was walking through Riverville with my wife and dog in the bars just, just took it upon themselves to already selling cocktails and beers to go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Of course, to say lightly. yeah. yeah. (laughs) They were
0: promoting, I would say, in a sense. Just go ahead and walk up and down the street uh, with a beer in your hand, which tends to happen quite a bit in the summertime here in Chicago and Ripleyville. But uh, there's a safety aspect to it. There's so much built around not just passing that law, but then in defining the laws. But... How do we actually implement it as, as an industry? And how do we do it safely? How do we do it with the right supplies? How much supplies mm-hmm. do we buy? How much do we charge for these? There's, yeah. There were so many th- questions to be answered. Correct. And we didn't know until... I, I, it took people, I would say, two to three months to really figure out how to do it. I agree.
1: I agree. Um, and, and that's the thing. It's it's You have to really re-look at how you do things. You really need to know, first of all, real estate is... Factor number one, mm. if you are in the River North area, unless you live in one of those high rises, I'm not going to make it a trip down to River North to buy a cocktail to go. Sorry, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to go somewhere nearer, closer to me where I live, unless, like I said, you live there and I'm going to buy a cocktail to go now. Now cost is an issue because now we're not all, maybe we're furloughed, maybe we're not working as much, mm-hmm. but the cocktails are still high priced. So this is where I feel as a brand, we had to come We had to come up to bat. We had to go up to the plate and say, hey, we're going to knock it out the park. This is how we're going to do it. I'm going to reduce costs. I'm going to help you make money instead of, yeah, let's make some money. Yeah. I'm going to help you make money. So let's reduce costs. I'm going to give you this special uh, special pricing structure for the next three months. That's going to help relieve cost, but also help you make more. Mm -hmm. You dig what I'm saying? Yep. So we had to sacrifice more. Not sacrifice. No. But we just had to do our part, and it came down to cost.
0: Right, and a lot of us wanted to be Mm. so... Uh, we want to participate so much in these and help our help our you know, brethren out when it comes to being this, and also have a little bit of that selfishness too to have that brand recognition. I I know I walked in a couple bottles for a cocktail to go. Hey, I, oh, yeah, uh,
1: we did what we had to do because yeah. you know we wanted to help, you know. But and that's the thing is like you know, as a craft brand, we we're already priced out. Yeah, we're especially for cocktails. Out, yeah. Especially for cocktails. But fortunately, my principles, you know, and humble brag, say hey. Do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we like what oh you're yeah. thinking. Let's do this. And we did it, and it was successful. But we couldn't do it as in into many places. You just had to be very, very strategic. Yeah, yeah. You have to be like, what accounts want to do this but can really realistically, honestly say, we can push 25 out in two days?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas my most successf- successful account from the moment that was implemented till just this past f- uh, January, I think we did 1,000.
2: Okay. You know.
1: 700 750 seven yeah, hundred fifty combined—not just them, but yeah. wherever else we were—that is what you need to look for because not everyone's going to be able to take advantage of that
0: law. Yeah, we have both—you know? know—worked with partners that could afford to have put some more money into it. Yeah. Um, have a, it, but they also sell them for a pretty cheap price, and I think that's the—that's the way you're going to make money on it: was selling it for a fair price. For, agreed. Agreed. Um,
1: you, had
3: a, you, had a, you had to compete with beer. You know, there is a way as well that. Beer like and the, what do you call those some things? of the some of these programs have actually really flourished. Like look at the gray. You yeah, know? exactly. The gray and it, it well, it started at the gray, but now it's really flourished and it's like it's. I think moving forward, it's going to be a permanent fixture. Yeah. Because you know they they, they um <laughs> they put the lids on. You know it's it's mm-hmm. a full on like bottling process they've got right. now, and I think it'll be a, a long like a long term part of their. Yeah, their I their I, sales. I wouldn't be
1: surprised if at the gray that program. Would be part of the amenity in that room. Oh yeah, there's, yeah. Here's yeah, a welcome cocktail, you know. Right. And they've done, you know,
3: the the labels are beautiful. Everything's beautiful, it's and that really place wa- is
1: gorgeous as well. And yeah,
3: and the Grey's a great hotel, right? And yeah. and that was what I liked seeing was that, you know, not only you know we spoke with Danny at King of Cups. Obviously, he was doing a really something quite similar. Yeah, you know, with the bottling and everything. Um, Who did it for the Gray as well? Yeah, and well, it's his it's, it's his his syrups ready and beverage, yeah, yeah and, um, or ready beverages, rather, syrups. Uh, And I think that was cool that, you know, there was places like the Grey that are usually luxury that managed to find a way to do it Mm -hmm. as well, you know?
0: Um, Yeah, and I think Cocktails to Go were a big part of it. And I always Mm -hmm. say that kind of started in June or July, once things opened back up Mm with the outdoor capacity. Um, In Chicago, I know in other cities too, we started closing down certain neighborhoods and streets within those neighborhoods to extend. Oh
3: yes. I totally forgot. About that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that started in June, which was a madhouse um, Cause there was no rules at fir- the first weekend of yeah. anything. So everyone just thought, Oh, I can just go buy a six pack from the liquor store on the street. And <laughs> then just open up. Uh, Cause my liquor store, little tiny liquor store, like, Love you know, place. yeah. Uh, they said they were having, this was like middle of June. I go in there and know the buyer and we're talking and then he's like, this is fucking crazy <laughs> I'm like yeah It's pretty ridiculous And he was like He's like I I, he's like, I think we're gonna get in trouble Because they were so afraid Because people are just Drinking open containers yeah. Yeah. And you know and There's two liquor stores On the street you know, Pretty good yeah. odds Of figuring out Who's, who's uh, you know who, Where they're purchasing it from yeah. Yeah. The interpretation And of that so but I was, was talking to him now, And yeah. he's like He goes This is This is Christmas numbers He goes, I'm, I'm doing He goes I'm doing Christmas like Janu- or uh, December 23rd numbers On June 15th
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about yeah, the parties. And, man.
0: and that really goes into awesome. what, what happened as well with uh, this whole entire industry and the whole entire spirits industry is that <laughs> talking to one of the Benny's managers here in Chicago, oh, yeah. I was talking to him just the other day, and he was talking – he was t- telling me how today, actually, the day after St. Patrick's Day was the, was there predicted to be the first day in from uh, May 15th, 2020 – to May, 5th, May 17th, 2021, March, that March sorry, March thir- 15th, 2020 uh, 20 to March 15th, 2021 would be the first day today on March 18th that they did not do better in sales than in the previous day of the year before. Wow. So and they, and they, and they almost hit a hundred thousand dollars in the first Monday, of the pandemic on March 15th, 2020, their average, their multiple. average, their average day was $30,000. But it was a misconception that I got blown up with the ro- world of how everyone, c- everyone kind of outside of our industry, you know, fa- family, friends or family even ask like, oh, well, you guys must be doing pretty well. Like this might be, must be good for your brand because everyone's going to buy alcohol in stores and and sales are always up. It's reported across the United States and all the publications. I'm like, yeah, that's very true. There is a 50 percent increase in sales of the off on the off premise in the retail. And a lot of the big brands are benefiting from all the big brands are benefiting from that. But at the same time, you don't look in depth into the actual calculation and the real sales where 40% of craft brands are actually on the decline. And then there was a survey back in probably, I want to say sometime in the fall where they surveyed like, um I, A bunch of craft distilleries. I think there's over 60 distilleries surveyed in that, and somewhere around three, quor- I think 60 percent, 70 percent said that they would fail in the next six months if they didn't get help from the government aid, if, wow. it, if things didn't open back up. And then we've had plenty of craft distilleries. On one thing that yeah. I really wanted to do was document what craft distilleries were doing all across the entire world with this podcast. As yeah. soon as the the impact of the quarantine was going to be. A long-term effect. It wasn't just going to be a two-week, month period. Yeah. It was going to be a year, you know, yeah. which, which it turned out to be. And we talked to places, you know, um, like Sagamore. Uh, also, obviously, Wilson always brought insight to what Union Horse Distilling Co. was doing. We've had journeyman on a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had the Thompson Bros. on from over in Scotland. And everyone was doing the same thing. Everyone immediately said, "How can I help my community? I'm going right. to take a hit, but I will start making hand sanitizer. I will do whatever I have to do, just like what distilleries did during World War II. They stopped their efforts to making whiskey and put all their efforts to the war movement. And that right. was uh, such a beautiful thing and a beautiful, you know, uh, uh, I guess uh, metaphor uh, um, for helping out, helping out your your fellow people. What mm-hmm. can I do? What can I? D- how, what can you do for yourself? Is Put aside, and it was yeah. all about how can I help everybody else inside that's of my community, my small those. little world. Yeah.
3: There was definitely a positivity about that time. Yeah, and I, you know,
0: want, know. I want us to yeah. focus on the positivities because yeah, yeah, it's been it's yeah, it's been a
3: shitty year. Like it's been yeah. a shitty year for everybody. But there's been yeah. some massive ups. There has yeah. been. And the other thing as well is one of the cool things, and we were talking about this earlier with the, and we talked about it on the last podcast. But the virtual tastings, yeah, fine. Like what was the last podcast? I don't remember. There we we talked about the virtual tasting ah, yes. kit. Um, and so obviously. There have been some bumps in that road yeah. um, and it's never going to replace a light taste tasting, right? I think that immediately we all knew that uh, going into this, that, you know these these tastings, these virtual things, were never gonna never gonna replace what we did before, yeah. but it did give me the opportunity to speak to markets and speak to people that I normally would never ever ever speak to. You know, doing tastings in Missouri or doing uh, trainings in Wisconsin or mm-hmm. in Indiana, the places yeah. that normally I would never have gone. Yeah, our reach is um, much further now. Uh, yeah, and you you got to speak to these people because it was just so expected, right? Yeah. That you could do that. Um, so that was one of the massive positives. But I remember that time, especially the block parties, mm-hmm. like when they were shutting down the streets, and thinking like everybody looked a little bit like everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Like yeah, yeah. The, we the, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And this was before people were wearing masks in Chicago. Yeah. Well, outside. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like I'm still I'm still confused at that. Like when like if I'm running and like, <laughs> I was saying to you the other day, like I was running <laughs> and it was I was running around Humboldt Park and a lady was like. You should have a mask on and i was like dude like I'm, I, w I i literally i'm not running a mask i refuse to yeah like, i refuse to run a so mask.
0: You, did you hear that the social distancing uh stretches can go from f- six to three feet pretty soon nice. yeah because
3: there's no, s- yeah, no evidence. Get, fuck off oh man let's not get into <laughs> it yeah 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 we're <laughs>
0: As Wilson, you know, showed his true Trump support by being at the Capitol on January six, <laughs> the insurrection. <laughs> uh,
1: Let I, I must de- I must deflect that comment if I don't say <laughs> that I that I if I don't say anything, about it, people are gonna really think someone's
3: gonna be out there.
1: They're like, like "Oh my God, that Wilson is, was that the
0: insurrection." Like, Do well, the good thing is, they'll you think know. you're a white guy, so they'll never find you.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, no, let's let's lay off the politics.
0: Yeah, and try to. It was it was it was so uplifting. I remember that night you came over and Cam was with us as your friend and we just had like this awesome night sitting on a, we just ate pizza on a picnic table. We yeah, had some beers. Yeah, that was a great day. Yeah, and just, you're just hanging out and it felt normal again because up to that point, you were the only two I saw during the quarantine other yeah. than my wife. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah c- you two we sure were home. the only ones that
1: I, that I would... We recorded a few podcasts at my place. It was the same um, for me and yeah. the
3: cashier at the Municipal, the mm. Puerto Rican supermarket. Mm. She was sick of me. She hated probably. me. But she probably. saw me coming and tried to hide because she knew yeah. that I was going to make a conversation with her.
1: <laughs> yeah, I told her yeah. who you were when we went to D.C. together.
3: Ah, right. Okay. Yeah, that'll be it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Spanish contingent. Oh, no. Um, it it was a very strange time. But it kind of gets us in the summertime where things started opening up, yeah. uh, kind of following on track. And, yeah. Sequential order of what's been going over the last year. And we started recording the podcast at Fountainhead, which was oh, that was great. Time I, I think well. that really uplifted us. Um, I think it uplifted people in our people community. in general. Yeah, yeah. People that were excited to come to yeah. the bar and record yeah. a, upstairs on the roof deck outside
3: where we're safe. And we had such an amazing summer with weather. It was oh, sad. I remember that first Very one we did uh, when we were on the roof mm-hmm. and we had the, we, we, there were a couple of crates of High Life kicking about. <laughs> And we were sat around the table, and that was another moment that I remember thinking, Oof, "This is this is great." Like yeah. I can feel I can feel myself being yeah. being upbeat, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: and it was. Uh, and that we must were have still been
3: June, July time as well, right?
0: Yeah, and I, you know, yeah. professionally, I, I honestly just don't even remember quite well what I was doing. I know I was like kind of going to bars a little bit. Shit, I was working. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I know. I just don't remember what I was doing. Working yeah um, hustle, i, 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 I didn't i was able to start seeing accounts in uh july one that's when our company said we can go yeah. back and start ha- making appointments seeing accounts yeah, you you well britney's birthday, Brittany's birthday was july
3: and one that. right yeah um and we we were all in fountainhead that night and there was a bunch on, a whole bunch roof, of us yeah of us. we went for dinner it was great yeah, yeah.
0: But, yeah but i kind of want to make this more available to everybody to relate to because not yeah, everybody yeah. was at Brittany's birthday party well, I mean, half of Chicago. Was, I mean, yeah, <laughs> socially distance, <laughs> actually, of course. Actually, it was a pretty big party. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like fifteen yeah.
2: people. Was yeah.
0: it to uh, all outside.
3: Yes, of course, <laughs> on the roof. Uh,
0: but yeah, it was it was an interesting time. I think for me personally, going back to seeing accounts because I remember, it, I'm I'm totally for being safe and wearing masks indoors, but I remember walking into some places, accounts out in the suburbs, that they weren't. It was very different than what we we're experiencing here in the city. And I remember walking out of one account because I felt uncomfortable. And then I actually got mass shamed for wearing a mask. <laughs>
2: and an account. The, the opposite <laughs> yeah, of okay. what would happen in the mask city. Shared, right, right. I and it. I was
0: like, okay, well. you
3: such a loser, man.
2: <laughs> I, am,
0: I am. I'm like, well, I don't think my business needs to sell our three bottles here anymore. <laughs> uh, but it, and my, my bosses were completely um, supportive of me yes. going out. If I didn't feel safe, leave an account. Business is not worth your safety and your personal harm. Yeah. I and, didn't listen
1: to my boss. <laughs> good, good for you,
0: but it was also it was. It, you didn't want to overstep anybody's boundaries when you went to go see accounts. Yeah, I true. know we've talked a lot about how we were always trying to make appointments and not really doing drop-ins. The days of the cold right. calls were kind of declining because you didn't know what everybody's comfortability was going to be.
1: This is true, that and that's the thing. I, I feel we've uh, we've also learned, um, mm. th- to that point is those that you did come in contact with you kind of started to learn more body language mm-hmm. yeah like where they where their levels where were. they're at yeah you know, yeah 100 because of like hey what's up you know they usually go in for the hug or for the or the elbow, or the, or the, elbow fist, the fist. Or, yeah, yeah. you kind of knew where they were you yeah. kind of it kind of gave you status yeah yeah, you, yeah yeah i know what you mean you dig what i'm saying yeah it kind of was like man because i'm a hugger so I hug a lot of my buyers, but if they went in for the hug, man, I went in for the hug too. Yeah, mask, of course, masked. But if they went for the, you know, shake, I'm like, oh, how do you feel? I'm like, I'll shake if you're comfortable. If not, that's cool. I got you know, yeah. hand Sanitized, whatever. You yeah, know. like, but that, you kind of That's got totally that, right. There's that. You know? There's that
3: moment where,
1: I,
2: at least, you I kind
3: understand. of read someone's. Yeah, that. That's so funny because yesterday when I saw everybody from Perno, we were doing the 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 crawl, and. We, we did the whole you know when you hold your hand out to shake but then they put it out as a fist okay, and then I go for the fist but then they open
1: it to shake mm. and you're like oh where yeah. are we now like what are we doing these days yeah. so know? you do rock paper scissors
0: <laughs> oh, man. there's one of my accounts we were doing we were helping out with love some it. meals on wheels type of thing oh, uh, I love early, it. earlier on and I went there to deliver the meals and help box them and everything. One night, cool. yes. And two of the two, two of the chefs reached out with their hands. This is like t- ten days in the quarantine. They're like, "I'm like, ah, that's why, that's why I know this is my best account because <laughs> we still have the friendly handshakes." I love it. Even with a guy, one of the guys I never met before either, because he came over from one of their sister it. locations to help out. <laughs> and I'm like, it. "All right, all right, all right." Yeah. But it was a little bit. It was. I remember going to. Um, so Six for example, which we all sell into, and I think we all done really well at in the past, they had the patio bar set up, and they actually were the very first places to have concerts with their little outdoor sessions they were doing. Ah, yeah, you're And I was right. there the second or first yeah. night, and we were out there having um, having a drink with uh, two, of my, uh, two of my coworkers from our sales team, and it was – but it was just strange. Like, we, we can't sit here and buy – 100 to $200 worth of cocktails anymore. (laughs) You know, We just don't have that budget. So much of our budget, all of our budgets went to the virtual experience that Mm -hmm. we talked endlessly about, how the virtual experience is taking away um, from the on-premise experience. And we put a lot of money back into our retail, uh, our budget into the retail, because that was what was available, and that was how we were going to make money and sustain through all of this. Mm -hmm. And I felt a bit guilty. Uh, personally I felt guilty that I couldn't go to all my accounts in a week. I couldn't go to all my accounts in a month because I just didn't have the budget for it. I could go there and buy a cocktail I could probably expense it and then you know have another cocktail and use my personal money for that and I started doing that in the summertime and then things quickly were shifting again and then by November mm-hmm. yeah, things were right. shut back down and I' even I didn't even make it to all of my on-premise accounts even just for one time to say hello and have a drink and I honestly felt really really guilty about that.
3: That was November, yeah, November. November, everything shut 14th back down or something.
0: You know. fifth, no, sixteenth. It was
1: the week before Thanksgiving, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, it was like the fifteenth or sixteenth because last night at Fountainhead, everything was already shutting 14th down. Fourteenth, was that? Yeah, I don't remember. It's like the, whatever, because mm. um, they the last night they had the when they had the um, the tastings. Yes. Those were able to do because they were private events, and right. they were outdoors. Upstairs, so, yeah, yeah, that's right. So they were able to do it that way, but the bars were already shut down at that point, yeah. and that was like November sixteenth was the last one. But back into July and August and September, it uh, it was strange, you know. And I know me personally, a lot of my my job had transitioned to doing more marketing and creative work, and working from home and working on my computer versus uh, going out and visiting accounts at you know <laughs> from eleven o'clock in the morning to eleven o'clock at night, yeah. uh, which was strange. And I, I know we all handled it a little bit differently.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, Calum, the, wor- the working from home thing yeah. was. At first, I really struggled with it, right? Because you know, I, as a, as brand ambassadors, our job was so focused in going visits, right? Like these account visits, work with sales calls. Um, but I've definitely flourished in that. I got to go on my suspension, mm-hmm. two month suspension, <laughs> the DR, and I would that would never have happened without fully the funded it.
0: by Keen Lake,
3: fully funded by um Keen, sponsored by Keen Lake. Uh, <laughs> I went on a I went on a sex sex vacation. No, Yes. Yeah. Rams. But, um, but uh, yeah, like uh, without without the without the pandemic, that never would have been possible. You know, I saw th- I saw my girlfriend for four months in the last twelve, uh, and in a long distance relationship, that that time spent together is invaluable. Of course, and um, without the pandemic, that never would have happened.
1: But I even even you know, not that we have girlfriend-boyfriend-boyfriend-girlfriend-boyfriend-boyfriend-girlfriend-girlfriend-relationships with our accounts. But we have the, you know, <laughs> we do have some great relationships with, you know, with, with our people, you know, with our account bases. I think one of the things that I've, I've learned is that, well, they had more time now. So even if they weren't your current account or someone you were interested in doing business with, there was more time to talk. Yeah. They were able mm-hmm. to really sit and yeah. hey, yeah, the what is the story? How is this made? They wanted they were able to ask the true questions that they always wanted to know and not just do it in a 15 minute time window on mm. yeah, the regular c- circumstances. You know, there was more time to really get to know who you were doing business with or who you wanted to do business with.
0: And I think it's if you, know, you could carve out that time. Yeah. If you could find that time. Yes, it was available to there, have those conversations, yeah. but it went back it goes back to who feels comfortable doing right. what space right yeah. but even
1: and see but that's I, I found that during mm-hmm. that 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 lockdown cuz there were some places that were still up and going for carry out food wise you know oh yeah so those were the places where hey i i know you're not doing this but i just i'd love to get your gauge out it
0: this. was strange though as soon as you we know? put masks on how people were <laughs> all of a sudden a little bit afraid of each other yeah like I, like so one weird. of our one of our <laughs> all three top accounts or <laughs> friendly accounts I, we were literally with this person five days i was with this person two days before everything shut down and we, we were probably gave a hug goodbye to each other and then i went there to get a uh, takeout pickup order and <laughs> he kept backing away from me <laughs> i'm like <laughs> I'm like, dude, and I like reached out for the, <laughs> and he gave me the elbow. Oh man! I'm like, I'm pretty sure we probably shared a beer two nights ago, like yeah. out of the same glass. Isn't that funny? Is, I mean, that was, that
2: was the thing. Though,
1: everyone had COVID. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> in 24 hours, and everyone was looking
2: at
0: me like, you, you probably you started, have, you, you probably started COVID. in Chicago. Yeah. you have COVID. All of your I'm not trying to make
1: fun it's, of it. It's so funny, but it was just I- the adjustment that we immediately made yeah. for. For our own benefit you know each of us you know you have to play that selfish card it's like fuck that i don't want that shit you know i'm staying away but (laughs) it's so funny because now that you've said that that. like i'm thinking (laughs) about
3: so many times when i like in my head i was thinking like oh they're they're obviously they're obviously not really interested in wearing a mask or sometimes i was like wow this person's full on like what w- would wear a hazmat suit if they had one. Yeah. yeah. You know, there yeah. was oh, sure. there was that spectrum yeah. of people. Yeah. And you to- you're totally right. You got that in accounts. Like yeah. you would go there was such a spectrum of accounts you would go to and people were like, Yeah, they would go in for a hug or they were like, Oh man, let's do an event, like let's do this, let's do that. Can you get me samples and blah blah blah. And then there was the opposite end of the spectrum where <laughs> they were like, Man, don't don't even bother showing up. Like yeah. don't turn up here. Like and if you are, I'll talk to you through the window, you Which know Which is fine. Uh, yeah, I mean that—that's great, and obviously each to their own, right? Yeah, um, of course. But it's so funny how that you're right. Like there was those, there was that kind of people. Everybody had their own kind of court that they were in, right? Yeah, and yeah. and it, and everybody made their own decisions about it. And you're right; like everyone overnight got COVID. <laughs> yeah. Effectively, like everybody, everybody was COVID. Like everybody had, in in Spanish in the Dominican they call it COVIDoso, Covido. which is an uh, it's an adjective, right? Being like ev- everyone's basically COVIDious. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful.
0: Covidious. Um, do you remember the first time you stepped back into a bar? Oh yeah.
3: Yes, oh, it was King yeah. of Cups. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh, was that? It was. When I, I were shooting photos? I don't know if it was the nighttime session or I think the day that we were shooting photos. And I walked in. Oh, yeah. And I remember sitting at the bar <laughs> and I remember thinking, God, like, I missed this. Like, yeah. I missed this so bad. Yeah. Um, And i tell you one thing that COVID's really given me is an appreciation for how much I love bars and restaurants Mm -hmm. like how much i love takeout food how much i love great cocktails how much i love speaking to a bartender Mm -hmm. like when we when we got back to fountainhead and we were sitting outside on the roof there Mm -hmm. and there was like a couple of fridays where we were all there and we were having a beer and the sun was up and i I remember thinking like this is the life like Mm -hmm. this is as good as it gets you know (laughs) Uh, and that i'll never you know i'll definitely have a going back when once everybody gets vaccinated blah 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 Mm -hmm. blah blah my appreciation for for like getting those moments is going mm-hmm. to be so much more than it was before. Do you remember your first um, bar
1: experience? Bar experience was it Fountainhead? It was Fountainhead. Wait, when were you reopened? Yeah, mm-hmm. when, in June. In June? Oh yeah, it was Fountainhead.
0: Okay. Yeah. I so <laughs> the reason why I ask, I don't know if I shared it on the podcast. Yeah, it was Fountainhead. Um, in mid-April, I uh, got a call from. I don't fucking care anymore. Um, from Danny from King of Cups, and he's like, he's like, hey, can you come by? Can come by the bar tonight? I uh, we were gonna do some cocktail videos. We had this whole like virtual planned out thing we needed to work on, and I'm like, heck yeah! So I go down there, and it's like 7:30 on. It was a Sunday too. I don't know why I remember it was a Sunday, but it was a Sunday. And I tell my wife, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go down uh, do some stuff with Danny for like a half hour, or so I'll be back in half hour hour <laughs> this is this bar is 10 minutes from me <laughs> if i have to run i could get there in 10 minutes yeah. um but so i go there and we sit down we start talking um one of danny's business partners side business partners comes in and we're chatting and i i don't think we even drank i think oh I we did we had high life ponies he had like four high life ponies that were still downstairs in the basement and just to sit at a bar and have a drink and knowing, like, you were doing something naughty as well. And and technically illegal, but technically not illegal. The bar wasn't open. So, yeah, it's private use. Yeah, we were just inside there, and we were shooting some photos. But we ended up sitting there just talking till like, 1130 at night. And I was there for three, four hours. Oh, wow. Of course she's like, did you get lost? And she was like, where the hell were you? I'm like, I just couldn't leave. (laughs) I'm like, I wasn't drinking. I drove down there. Like, I'm like, I just – I had probably two high-life ponies, which is (laughs) – you know not even a full beer yeah, 14 ounces of beer <laughs> yeah <laughs> over a 4 hour span and you're just talking and enjoying people's company and it, that that bill's bar- built for that experience too it's about having a cocktail and sitting Danny's down Danny's different... a merchant as well like, Yeah, he's exactly. got so much
2: chat listen like, to he's... him
0: on multiple podcasts back in the 80s and 90s of the episodes <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> Yeah, but it was, and it, it felt like you were doing something wrong when people were walking by and looking in the window, seeing us. And I think we, had, I think we, prohibition-esque. Yeah, it felt like prohibition. It felt like our, you know, our ancestors having a
3: drink in the 1920s. Because I remember those pods that we were doing at the time, mm-hmm. and you were like really cryptic in the pods. Because oh, I, like, I remember you telling me that you'd been, but in the pods you were super cryptic. You were like. I may <laughs> have done something naughty <laughs> the other day, um,
2: no, but no, yeah,
3: okay. though you know, obviously tough year, but there are moments like that yeah. I will look on right. with back with real fondness.
0: One of my favorite moments, actually, um, or most enjoyable days, I think Wilson. I'll say it now. I think you had the very first uh, in person tasting in the city.
1: <laughs>
0: I did. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, so thanks to our good friends over at Leo's. Yeah, Liquor. <laughs> Leo's Liquors.
2: Yeah, yeah. We won't say which one.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Yep. The one with the barrel picks. Yeah, um, the one with the barrel picks. But yeah, you yeah. Re-
0: you released uh, two two barrel picks. Two there. single bells. Yeah, and I. I had never been to leo's at that time i had just heard about it and chris i'm like you're like oh yeah me and chris are going i'm like what the hell does chris have to do with a liquor store chris blender urban bourbonist yeah and this is back august am i right
1: uh just yes, august yeah, Yes, it, it was the day of the fa yeah.
0: cup final actually that's all i, I remember <laughs> and um arsenal's return to glory but you're like yeah we're doing a barrel pick there and it tasted like 9 30 in the morning <laughs> you should come and i'm like what? Why? Yeah, and you're like, well, he's also doing a big raffle giveaway, or not, or give not giveaway, but availability yes. to buy a bunch of al- yeah, al- bourbons allocated bourbons and yeah. whiskeys. And I started looking at the list, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ! And like, what's he selling for? He's like SRP, and he was. Yeah, but you had to buy. That was, that was a that was a fire sale, man. Right. Yeah. That so was yeah. You had to buy. I single picked. Barrel. I picked you
3: up. Yeah, you picked and you up, we, we drove over, over. there. We yeah. Probably
0: got there like at nine thirty. Tasting started at ten. 10 there's already yeah. nineteen people in yes, line.
3: I remember the line around the block.
1: Yeah, yeah Christ.
0: And I was like. What the fuck? I'm one of these losers now. I didn't, post, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't post the picture. I never said I would stand in line for whiskey. And yeah. Now Now so I, we're because we get uh, in line
1: together, and yeah. I'm like, just come in with me, because <laughs> yeah. you know, Jake didn't want to be seen. No, no, he didn't want to be rude toward the other people sitting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, I no, cut. I'm cool. Yeah. I'm good, because we're only letting. Five people in at a time. Yeah, and as you walked in, we gave you a sample of each, each of the single barrels, yeah. and then you pick you bought one of the single barrel picks, and then it gave you the opportunity opportunity to, to buy any of the yeah, I remember that. Event. Wanted, I, right. it went well, but the, you the couldn't right. return the single barrel purchase. That was the big thing that we made. it. Well, you can't point. return alcohol. In you general. can't return it in general, yeah. but you know people try anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so Jake came in. He bought uh, McKenna, right? It's McKenna like, the Day. Yeah. yeah, you were able to buy forty one dollars from McKenna yeah. Day. Man. So yeah, we were just doling out I think and, uh, we went through four bo- Two bottles of each of the picks Within two hours Right, and so <laughs> yeah.
0: no, the, the whole Chris Blender thing Was just I, reveal <laughs> was so mind-boggling to me I'm like, what? what the fuck Does Chris have to do with this liquor store? And <laughs> it turns out Chris, you know Is helping them to yes, buy barrels and and, Yeah, it's his first yeah. one, right? Yeah, uh, it was his first
1: barrel pick Well, actually, he he did one before um, I think it was the Woodenville. Okay. He helped with the Woodenville. Gotcha. Um, but we put his name on this one. Gotcha. Uh, he doesn't have... I don't believe... I may be wrong, Chris. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But uh, his name went on t- to this one.
0: Great. Yeah. yeah, and it was just like a nice... Mo- I mean, we were there. I was yeah. there for an hour and a half, we two were were hours. We were there for a while.
2: Yeah.
1: You um, left, and I stayed another f- few hours. And, yeah. Yeah, it was... It was uh,
0: that definitely felt
3: like a little bit of normal. Um, shit. Quite
1: honestly, man, I didn't care, I, man. I was, I, just, I was just happy to be doing it.
3: Oh, you yeah. I, no, tell you so. when, I tell you when I really felt like I had one of the best nights over quarantine was when we did the tasting at Fountainhead. When we all, we all, you know, everybody had the well, right yeah, table.
0: I wanted to get into that because, um, or lead into that where I think we took it upon ourselves to try to save the whiskey community. <laughs>
1: Well, our immediate community, yes. Right, right. The, yeah, the people we could
0: reach out to, the people that we had an extension um, yeah. availability to reach out to and grab them. And Fountainhead was definitely a part of that. Uh, yeah, I that, mean that one. Hurt. It was the arena, you
3: yeah. know, yeah. to hold it all. But um, yeah, explain what we did. Uh, no, I mean that. That I remember you. I remember you kind of pitching the idea, and it was just like, "Would you be up for doing this?" And I was like, "Damn right, man! <laughs> like, I would love to do this." Uh, and it was basically, it th- was, was it twenty people. 20
0: people for the f- i think we did 23 total um yeah. for the first and then and, the and that reps. was in september right early yes september. early september that was indoors downstairs because indoor dining had just opened like we the opened, week before yeah. or something like that
3: yeah because I, I remember before like bob being like right we're gonna keep all the windows open yeah yeah and he, he did like a safety speech at the start it's like there's hand sanitizer on every table we divided tables yeah we divided tables um, I, but I remember, I remember standing up and, around, around but and everybody thing. that night just having a blast. Oh, people like, were, everybody just, had a blast yeah, that night. I was so fun. thankful. They were just, people were so thankful. To
0: be I think it was out.
1: like 16, 18 whiskeys or something. Everybody got, everyone did, uh, five
0: whiskeys, three each, five distilleries, three each, 15 whiskeys. Yeah. It was, so yeah. it was Blum, Abelauer, Union Horse, Starward and
3: Secondmore. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, Everybody out. was a little bit tipsy, yeah, and they got and they got little nibbles. They got yeah, there nice. was yeah. nibbles and there was swag, yeah. and yeah. and people were just. Matt so, Brown so gave a passionate speech. Matt Brown, Matt Brown was He's very so passionate. passionate, so passionate, <laughs> so passionate, and yeah, that day. Um, And we
0: recorded a podcast that night.
3: After oh yes I don't really remember
2: recording <laughs> that podcast Were we upstairs? yeah
0: I want to say it was like episode ninety one or so oh. it's called a uh, world of whiskey the title of the podcast oh, um, oh. fun times <laughs> that was another one that was like that was like, I think that was one of the very <laughs> first nights we, that Cat's goal was to get us wasted white girl wasted she oh calls my it. god the party uh, wars shout mm. out to
1: Cat yeah she's um, holding it down at Bitter Pups now.
0: Yeah, uh, those those events were definitely. I don't know if I ever even told you guys this. Like, I, my whole goal was like, was to make sure the whiskey community just didn't die in Chicago. Yeah. I wanted it to survive. I wanted it to thrive. I wanted people to go back out and do things and feel normal again. And I wanted our friends to be a part of it to really be the catalyst to drive um, that in-person experience back to Chicago. I actually mm-hmm. had some other events planned with other bars, but. Um, By the time we did our second one, later that fall at Fountainhead, the weather had started shifting a little bit and getting a little cooler
3: i and remember in october we did one up the stairs with women who whiskey
0: yeah 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 and it was getting really chilly then and that was with sonoma and rabbit hole mm-hmm. abelauer and oh, star right. ward that's so just right. four brands that night yeah I four think so. brands. Yeah, yeah i remember that yeah and that was such a fun night people were so thankful to be out and there's another 25 guests there and there we had half of the roof deck to ourselves and then the other half was still open for dining and people were like what is going over there, I would murder some of those muscles right now. Oh, <laughs> man. you had the very last batch of I had muscles, the very last
3: batch of muscles. At um,
0: I haven't told you guys this, but uh, Fountainhead today officially um, moved out. Officially uh, moved out, packed today. up today. I was over there, and um, oh, wow. it's, not, it's not happening. Then the dream isn't happening. Um, to be determined what's going to happen with what the name, the Fountainhead, and the collection and everything. But the, the market's still there, the market's still there. But right. the restaurant uh, was uh, all the tables and chairs. The collection is being put into storage, wow. so their ownership of that place is uh, no longer in existence. And hope I'm not saying anything that out of turn, but I mean, you could see it from the street that was happening, so. Uh-huh.
1: That was that was the one that hurt.
0: Yeah, yeah, that one hurt. Yeah, th- 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 it did, and it, they'll come back. I think Fountainhead. Will, Fountainhead will. The name Fountainhead. That collection of whiskey. Um, the people that bring on that experience will will figure out something to do it in a different spot.
3: And you know that was another cool thing. This but basement
0: is available. <laughs> uh, and that was
3: a. <laughs> can you imagine? We have a back door. Uh, we do have a. Back door. <laughs> um, I, I, that was another really cool. Obviously, it was really really sad to see Fountainhead go but at the same time you know jake obviously you helped cat out finding a, sh- a spot with bitter pops mm. bob then people were looking out for bob he ended up getting a job with benny's first but yep. then I eventually got temporarily yeah just yeah then maplewood now mm-hmm. yeah. um and that was amazing to see yeah, as well actually
0: got a job he, over at uh um
3: monkey's paw and then she got her job back at ripley field to manage the outdoor bar nice. so yeah I, like amazing that you know people look out for each people were looking out for each yeah, other yeah and, absolutely. and that's one of the great things about this industry i think and obviously we saw the resilience of everyone over right. quarantine and everything but also you know that that kind of like you scratch my back i'll scratch yours thing yeah. didn't go. It's,
1: it's the attitude where i think this is where this has taken its its toll of course over the course of a year we have seen this resilience as you speak of calum mm, but yeah. now we will see a resurrection of people mm, yes. we'll see a resurrection of business because now we're in rebuild mode so now it's as things progress and we're we stay on the same course that we're on vaccines are being doled out uh, capacity is increasing
2: mm-hmm.
1: weather permitting is actually pretty stellar considering
3: the weather's been, been getting better
1: we are now in a business of rebuilding so yeah. that will be our responsibility is to help our account base or help one it another back to that whiskey community Rebuild. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. now we need to rebuild now. It's it's like I said earlier. It's it's we we won't be doing business like we did before So why not be part of the rebuilding process? So we need to extend ourselves and open ourselves make ourselves available to that rebuilding uh, Attitude or uh, model if you will mm-hmm. Um, because now we've got a lot more things to, to think
0: about. Yeah, and our brands, I think so much of what we've taken away from this as brand ambassadors and brand specialists, whatever the hell you want to call our positions, um, <laughs> yeah. is that we were leaving things on the table to do business that we can take away from us over the last year and implement back into um, normal life of whatever you want to call it yeah. once things are fully open and... The party resumes. We yeah. can't forget about the whole virtual experience because so much of it is, is, as Callum mentioned, it, it reaches so far oh, and yeah. brings you into new it's markets amazing. and meet, meet new people. I was doing a tasting with a, a brand new client in Tennessee last Friday night. Forty-five people sitting on there. I would never have got. I would never have done that before. That's stellar. I sold three cases of whiskey. He's reordering up. It's been we've been down in Tennessee for three weeks. There's we're like, so talking about. Yeah.
3: you like guys talked about it with Ian, uh, Hosack. Ooh. Um. On episode one twenty, he wanted to say
0: thank you for all the compliments the other day. He was blushing
3: while listening to it. <laughs> um, one twenty-seven. Uh, and you know, he he said something that like I've been I've actually been repeating this all the time, but he made a comment about how two industries are often much behind the rest of the technological world yeah he talked about um, concert music like classical music yeah like in concerts and things like that mm. and classical concerts and he talked about alcohol yeah. uh, like the alcohol industry and this alright you know there was a, 20, you said it at the start 2020 was a shit year like we've had a shit the last 12 months have been shite I had but, a good first two months but <laughs> but um, the we've been catapulted into this virtual world and we're gonna take things forward from it. We're gonna keep doing parts of it. Like Mm -hmm. that, like going to Tennessee and selling three cases of whiskey, right? to you know, 45 people. In an hour and a half. That's class. Like you would never have thought to have done that before. That would never have entered your head before. And it gives you an opportunity to do that. And the best thing about it is 45 people in Tennessee got an opportunity to try great whiskey that's new and learn from someone that really knows about it. Right, And hang out with me. I mean, that, that's probably not a benefit,
1: but that's a bonus. Uh, oh yeah, for the ladies, that's forty-five, a, 45 to fifty-seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Miles. But that's one of
3: that's one of the positives I think, and no, I'm 100%. I'm glad that we've done the virtual thing because it's it is something that's going to help our brands going forward. I'm positive about it.
0: I think we also figured out who to lean into. Yes, uh, um, you know, look at Ian Stewart at the Beer Cellar he's someone who's so smart, so gifted when it comes to talking about whiskey and educating himself and then uh, passing that education on to others. Yeah. And now he has a buyer's responsibility at technically two stores. And that 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 is just a unbelievable tool for all of us to have. In the what whiskey out there soon. Should... Right, right. And making Glenn sure Glen Ellen Allen and Geneva. In Geneva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go 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 support them, buy some beer. We're doing something really cool with them in the future, which I'll talk about just in a minute. But, you know, it, it was about, you know, not leaving Bob out in the streets. Just because your bar closed down doesn't mean our friendship or, right. you know, our, our trust in you uh, shuts down with that. Right. It, it, you want to make sure those people are taken care of. You want to make sure – maybe not even the best accounts, but the best people, the people that believe in you, not yeah. just the brand representative, Absolutely. but as a person – I think all three of us started making sure those conversations were being had on a weekly basis with those individuals. I yeah. agree.
1: And, and I guess the word is, that is, or what the effect of this pandemic has had to mm-hmm. capitalize on that, Jay, is it humanized the industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not only just
0: humbled beverage, Humbled and people. And it
1: humbled us as well. Well said, yes. Uh, it's it's remarkable. I, I've taken, I, again, with all due respect yeah. and to... And and I, my heart goes out to those who have lost. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I personally felt, I feel I have gained a lot more. And I feel we all have learned a lot more, yeah. uh, which are positives. And the best thing is that we're applying this uh, to what we do for mm-hmm. who we do and what we do for them. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, I've taken so much more out of this. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, again, with all due respect and, and being sensitive to the yeah. to the current climate. And there's, yeah. and there's
0: learning to still have, and we'll keep talking and have these conversations. And I think a lot of us, we, we haven't just done a three-man podcast like this in a very long time, so it was just yeah. good to kind of catch up from there. It's been very busy schedules for all three of us. Yeah. Um, it's spring, maybe. Callum was demoted or de- deported. <laughs> <laughs> I, was briefly, I was briefly deported, um, but I was brought back. And demoted, too. But, uh, yeah, and demoted m- and deported. Uh, the demoted 12 deported. days of barrel picks kind of killed my soul um, oh my <laughs> when it came to podcasting. We'll we'll start recording those in October this year instead so, of doing yeah. them all in December. Yeah, that was um, <laughs> that was rough. <laughs> in January, that first
3: day, man. Oh my God, oh, what, oh, what yeah. did we do? Four, or something? six. I think we six.
0: did five podcasts that, was that day.
1: Five? <laughs> yeah, oh I mean, four brands in a podcast, and then <laughs> I po- didn't even. I listen to, and then a podcast that wasn't even recorded. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then a podcast that wasn't even recorded. Yeah. Oh, uh, chaos! But chaos. Um, no, you're a trooper, um,
0: man. Right? no, crazy, man. We. We like we said we're gonna take a lot away from this, and a lot of it has been the virtual experience. And we yeah. are doing our second Kena Lake blind tasting um, next Thursday on the 25th of March at yeah, 7 p.m. with 25 excited. people that are yeah. winning. And we're gonna keep it going. Um, next month, we we've had we've I've teased a ride night. Um, we were planning on doing it in March of Whiskey Week, which would have been right. Whiskey Week here in Chicago. Next uh, sport, week would have been yeah. Next week would have been a Whiskey Week in Chicago, but. Uh, I have a full-time job and it takes <laughs> up a lot of my time.
3: Wait, so you can't just you can't just do the Lake stuff all the time? No,
0: no, not all the time. Um, <laughs> and, and, and not it, until just, he gets
3: that McDonald's
1: money.
0: Right, right, right. We're still searching for that money. Come on, High Life, sponsors, us, <laughs> baby! <laughs> but we're gonna do some things next week with what, which would have been Whiskey Week, and I'm gonna do some stuff with Star Award for that, and kind of promote the um, keep going, reinforcing the idea of what this what it would have been this week here in Chicago, ending on the 27th, which is International Whiskey Day. Oh. But we are learning those lessons and taking those lessons from this whole last year and applying them to something very special, which I'm gonna announce right here. Um, the details are not completely hashed out, but I think I don't think Wilson and Callum even know this. Um, on March 22nd or May 22nd, which is World Whiskey Day, oh, yeah. we are gonna partner up with the uh, before mentioned Ian Stewart at the Beer Cellar, and we are gonna have a Long, long live stream of the (laughs) podcast through the beer cellar and talk to brands, hopefully makers and people with inside of the distillery about their whiskey. And our goal is to shoot for six brands to talk to and kind of make it a whole world whiskey day experience through Keen the Lake, but also with uh, our individual brands, friends of ours and also new friends where we can talk about whiskey and provide a little bit of that whole experience. virtual tasting experience too I've already talked to a couple other brands and they are in to participate with us so uh, it should be a fun time so watch out for that we are going to be selling tickets um, for that experience and we might even do a little in person tasting after that That the beer oh no As um, we're back <laughs> um, back not sure what just happened like but yeah we might do a little bit of in <laughs> in-person tasting too with nice. that but uh yeah so it's, uh, it's what awesome. we want to do is people this podcast is you know promote whiskey and show the brotherhood and sisterhood inside of the community and what better way to do with it when with one of our good friends and i in my opinion a growing account out in the suburbs of chicago on
3: world whiskey day i feel like i feel like Ian is just a custodian of whiskey, man. Like he
1: yes. just yeah. well, you know, one of the things I love about him is that he's taken ownership of. Yeah, that, it's yeah. so you know what what good saying? to right. see, man. Right. Like I love that. Yeah, he took ownership of his journey, you know. But you know, part of because he's also a teacher, right? Hmm? Yeah, and then
0: just finishing up grad school.
1: Yeah, and then for him to, at first, be part of the beer cellar, both Geneva and Glen Ellen, now to be a buyer—that that's a huge responsibility and. And he's really taken ownership. I really love seeing that. Yeah. You know, I agree. Um, um, it's just, I commend you. Shout out to you, Ian, brother. I We hope to C- see C- you again. Yeah. All the Ian's. I love you guys. All the Ian's. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, we'll uh, wrap it up there. Um, thanks for everybody for listening for our, um, I guess, one year anniversary in a sort or wrap up of what's been happening yeah. um, inside the whiskey industry over the last year. Not that we weren't talking about it over the last year, every single podcast, but we thought we kind of put a little. Uh, Exhibition cap on it, on it yeah. yeah yeah, and well I guess it's not a cap because it still continues but we'll keep going further with it and persevere no. uh, Cal McDonnell anything to promote
3: uh, no no uh, one thing I was thinking while we were talking a lot is if you're listening to this and you are in Chicago you are in the United States or wherever you are support local yeah. Right. Please, 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 please support local and
0: support this podcast by liking subscribing. Ah, yeah, like and subscribe. That'd be nice. High Hi life. S- Wilson uh, Torres of Union Horse Stilling Co. Anything to promote?
1: I just want to say thank you, Jake, f- for last year. You and, uh, and Callum, you guys have been uh, my bubble mm. outside of my home, and I appreciate for you, the both of you for being there. Shout out to everyone out there that's been reaching out yeah. uh, on the DMs or even just being supporters of all three of us. Nick Brady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> If that's your name. But it's Wood Policy. It's Wood Policy.
3: No, no, um, no sluts over there at Dancing <laughs> Goat. <laughs> oh, no, excuse me.
0: They are sluts when it comes to their Wood Policy. Yeah, yes. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Shout out to Dancing Goat still <laughs>
1: up in Wisconsin. Uh, Jake and Calum are headed up there to visit with those guys tomorrow. I will not be part of that, that caravan as I'm staying home to work. We are still. But other than that, no, I just want to say thank you to everyone that's been listening and reaching out.
0: And yeah, uh, I would say that's one other sure. good thing is we've made a lot of friends over lo- online. Yeah, yeah so. we have. We've made a lot of great We've got a lot of trips people. to do. We have a yeah. lot of trips. We've been invited down to uh, almost su- every southern state.
3: And we got it. We, uh, man, I'd love to go out to Sonoma and see that as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. I think Jimmy's about.
0: out there right now, actually. Oh, no way. She's, yeah, I think she's out there right now. Oh, lucky. <laughs> she's out of the West Coast yeah yeah Um, awesome well we'll close it up there Uh, I'm Jake Hookie from Starward Whiskey and the host of this podcast and as I said to Callum please like and subscribe even (laughs) write a comment maybe even give a review even if you don't like us still do it five stars McDonald's money constructive criticisms cheers guys Cheers. cheers